Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you as always by ZipRecruiter. The best teams start with great talent. Grantland was like that. Dave Jacoby's coming on later. We were part of a great team at Grantland. You know, just got to find the talent. It's all about the talent. No one knows that more than ZipRecruiter. They deliver qualified candidates fast. So effective, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SoFi. Did you know you're being underpaid by your bank account? That's why SoFi just launched SoFi Money. It's like checking and savings morphed into one single account. You'll earn way more interest on your money. You'll pay zero fees. Open a SoFi Money account. Learn how you can get your money right at SOFI.com slash Simmons. SoFi.com slash Simmons. We're also brought to you by the Rewatchables where we just put up a new one, The Natural. Mallory Rubin and I broke it down. This used to be my favorite sports movie ever. It's still in the top five or six. We broke down all the strengths, all the flaws. Wilford Brimley's chest hair, whether Roy Hobbs was an asshole or not. Kind of leaning toward Roy Hobbs being an asshole 35 years later. Uh, What Roy Hobbs' stats look like in 1939. I tried to figure this out on ESPN in 2001. Now we have more evidence because you can actually see the newspaper print with the clear digital copies and we have a better sense of the timeline. So we tried to figure that out. And, uh, and then Mallory crossed like about seven lines with Roy Hobbs' sex life. So that's all in the natural on the rewatchables. Check that out. Also check out one shining podcast. You have basically less than 48 hours to fill out a bracket and those guys will help you. They did a whole thing on the ringer Twitter feed this week, as well as a couple podcasts. So. You can listen to those and listen to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal because him and the degenerate trifecta are breaking down everything March Madness style as well as I think Tate and Titus are going on that too. We have them just car washing the ringer basically right now. Coming up, just a whole bunch of people, including Dave Jacoby, who I don't feel like has been on this podcast in a while. Maybe not even since I left ESPN. I don't know. We're about to find out. Uh, first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Kevin Clark is here. We haven't hit the Insane Giants month, and uh, I wanted to... I wanted to grab you while I saw you in the office. I got excited. I was like, hey, that's Kevin Clark, the ringer's own. Um, the Giants lost their minds. I'd be going crazy if I was a Giants fan. I don't understand really anything they're doing. And they seem like they have become the NFL's official laughing stock. Am I missing something? Uh, no, no, you're not. Because they had Odell Beckham Jr., who's a good player, under a reasonable contract. They paid him over $20 million last year. He played 12 games. Then you trade him. Yeah. I'm not. You trade Olivier Vernon, you get a, a pretty good lineman in return. I think that's fine. But then signing Golden Tate, they're not tanking. They're not like the Dolphins. The Dolphins just signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. The tank is on in Miami. Yeah. The Giants are just sort of, they've lost their minds. I, I don't even, there's not an adjective to describe what's happening to the Giants. Dave Gettleman 
It's a heat check performance from Dave Gettleman. So I mean, really since last year? He comes out yesterday and says, well, it's football. It wasn't culture. It wasn't locker room. It's all football reasons, which makes no sense. No sense. There is not an anecdote you can leak to me about Odell Beckham that would justify the trade. Yeah. And they have, by the way, there has, there's been none. There's been none. I mean, it's just Jay Glazer, who had this, you know, months ago, uh, yeah. that, that, that this was out there. He compared it to sort of a, a relationship that was just over. And I don't know if you're the Giants, why you don't do everything you can to repair that. By the way, he just signed an extension. So just keep him around. Well, and also it's a huge cap hit for him huge this year. Hit. It's like 20, it was 22 million if they, if they just played him and 21 million if they didn't play him. Yeah. And, and at that point, I'd rather up, just play the guy. And this is, you know, a couple of days after the Steelers took the biggest cap hit in history. Which I didn't understand that cap either. In history for Antonio Brown. But not only that, superstars are now undervalued because of the rising cap. Yeah. And the fact that you wrote about this positions have not kept up with it. And so essentially what's happening, as we know, no superstar ever reaches free agency. So the middle tier guys set the agenda. And so essentially what's happening is you're getting the, the, the Browns are getting Odell Beckham for less than the Jets are paying CJ Mosley per year. And that's true of Antonio Brown as well. Right. So just get those guys when they're available. I don't know why there wasn't a huge bidding war, by the way, for Odell Beckham. Well, it seemed like so many teams had cap space that it's becoming like when you, you're, you've been in a fantasy auction, right? I have. So there was this stretch with fantasy auctions before people really realized what to do during fantasy auctions, where you could just get awesome guys for like 80, 70% of what they were actually yeah. worth. And now everybody gets it. Like I'm in a football fantasy auction and the best guys are going for $65, $75, whatever. And then everybody, you know, cheaps out on quarterbacks and yeah. everybody has the same recipe now. And in football now, it seems like there were fantasy auctions were 15 years ago where you're like, all right, I'll take Antonio Brown. Yeah. Great. Now I have that's, one of the best 14 guys in the league. That's exactly cool. what's happening. And now a, a lot of the Giants people are saying, well, we're set up. You get rid of Vernon's contract. You get rid of Odell's contract. We're set up for 2020. Well, here's the problem. Everybody set up for 2020. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. I mean, we, you know, I remember I, when I think Lombardi was on our podcast a couple of years ago and we were talking about it and he was saying, you know, the one of the mistakes that they made in Cleveland was overemphasizing cap space. Yeah. Because they realized once they got it, everybody had cap space. The damn Patriots can get cap space. Everybody can get. So it doesn't matter if you're going to do the NBA. It's not like the NBA where you open up the max slots, bring these guys in. It's really easy to just find $20 million in cap space under a pillow somewhere in the NFL. Well, and then you talk about it would really benefit to have cap space when like Odell Beckham becomes available and a team would is be dumb great. enough to trade him. That would be great. Like, hey, cool. We have cap space. Yeah. We have cap space to bring on the superstars that GMs have, have freaked out about and traded for some reason. I know he's, he's a little loony. Um, and I know he hasn't been a hundred percent durable, but I love getting receivers who have been with, um, mediocre to worse quarterbacks and putting them with somebody who's actually a good quarterback. Yeah. I know, would call this the Randy Moss. We so, have Randy Moss toiling in obscurity in Oakland for a couple of years there. The Pats grab him, pull him in, and not only are they getting Randy Moss, but they're getting a grateful Randy Moss who's like, cool. Yeah. So when I'm open, the guy just throws it, and it's right in my hands, and then I keep running? It's a grateful I, Odell I had Beckham a talk Jr. with one of the Rams front office guys at the Super Bowl, 
And I was like, so what's the inefficiency you guys hit? And we're talking about a couple of things. He's like, unfortunately, the NFL is actually pretty efficient, except a couple of things. Number one, free agency. And number two, wide receivers when you don't know who the quarterback is. Robert Woods, and the guy who's using an example is Robert, Robert Woods is, as for both of these. Robert Woods was A, available in free agency at, at a discount price, but and B, was, was pretty good Buffalo. that year. Yeah. He was in but Buffalo. But he was pretty good on Buffalo that He was year. okay in Buffalo. And so it's like, wait, if this guy can get open, yeah. no one realizes it, and we can bring him in for you know 50 cents in the dollar, and he's a value signing. I was way off on Robert Woods because I didn't put enough stock into the fact that he was playing with crappy quarterbacks. Yeah. Rams, you know, I, I was I was trying to figure out who the Pats were going to sign with free agency a couple weeks ago, and I was looking. I was trying to figure out their good metrics. Adam Humphreys. So I was on football. Yeah, I was on they Football tried. Outsiders, and they have like DYAR for yeah. uh, yards above mm-hmm. replacement player, basically. And Adam Humphreys was surprisingly high. I, I'm not sure he's very good, but I I was just he's surprised serious. where he was positioned. He's rich. And Golden Tate was last. Out of all the guys who qualified, and I'm thinking like, that's weird because I, I really wanted the Pats to sign Golden Tate. Yeah. That you could say he got traded during the season. That's weird. The Eagles never really figured out to use Eagles him. Eagles had no idea. Or you could say maybe he's just not good anymore. Mm. Now, if Golden Tate's not good, and then you've gotten rid of Odell Beckham, and then you have Eli Manning, and then you have poor Saquon, who I love who is just going to be going against nine-man lines. I love this Yeah, I, I love... This has all the makings of a disaster. I mean, a complete disaster. A complete disaster. Also, by the way, if you're going to draft a young quarterback, what better way to bring him into the NFL than into a complete tire fire? Just, like, bring him into just the most dysfunctional... Let him learn but from, maybe you- from an angry old Eli... <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a, a skill position players that are, are, you know, besides Saquon, he has nobody to throw to. I mean, but maybe you be, don't draft a quarterback this year because it doesn't seem like anybody's. But they're not tanking, dude. Dude, if you want Tua, you got to out tank a team that just gave Ryan Fitzpatrick a two year deal. Good luck. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, dude. But they'd have to have a lot of confidence in Flores. Plus, to tank? Yeah. Yeah. You got to be like, hey, dude, this is part of the job. I always feel like. <laughs> Arizona is always in play in the tank thing just because their GM had one of the worst 13-month stretches of anyone ever. So he yeah. has to be mentioned. And then, you know, everyone in the AFC East is just suspect in general. Just well, they've all it's at various East. times employed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. It's going to be nice to have Fitz in the in the division again. Yeah. It's, it's Kyle, you're, you're glad to see him twice a year. I missed him. I missed He'll throw him. us some picks. Oh, definitely. I do worry that he's going to win too many games to tank for the Dolphins. If you're, if the, ta- the plan is to tank, I feel like Fitz gets you just a quiet four wins a year. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is Chinese food. It's good for about three hours. Yeah, yeah. But it's like if you if you overorder and like, oh, I'll have I'll have it two days from now. You, you're going to see the 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 sweet and sour shrimp in there two days later, and you're just going to be like, eh. And that's how I feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's a great idea for like a dollars. week. He's made $60 million in the NFL. It, it's really fun. And you're like, oh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And then he has the four interception game. We're like, yeah, that's, that's why he's been on eight teams. I can't believe. So let's go backwards. Yeah. All the Giants have to do is give the tender to Landon Collins and he costs 11 million bucks. The free agent. Yeah, the franchise. Yeah. Franchise tag. Yeah. Keep Odell because you you're getting crushed by him on the cap anyway, right? And and you have him under a, f- a fairly manageable deal that you already paid up the upfront money to. Make, they make the trade. They get first and a second 
and they get Peppers back because he can play the Collins position. Right. Who they just let go. Right. They could have kept they, for they, 11 million. They filled the need that they created for no reason. Who then goes and signs for like double that. I don't even know what it averaged out to a year, but Washington gives him some crazy number. Right. So that happens. They somehow that actually ended up tying up Washington's cap is actually. I guess maybe that maybe move. that was yeah. a stealth yeah. positive <laughs> out of this. They don't do anything about Eli. Right. No, Everyone paid, thinks they Eli's paid him done. his bonus. Everyone thinks Eli's done at this point. There's mm-hmm. the, who is in the Eli's not done yet camp? Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman and maybe and, like and a uh, couple, Archie Manning. A couple of the Mars, maybe. Um, I, I find all this astonishing. I can't believe in 2019 with all the intelligence we have that a team can be this poorly run. How does it happen? And, well, it's funny because so the story that comes out is that well, they don't want Landon Collins because he's a box safety. Not not good for the modern NFL, plays too close to the line. So then they went out and they got another box safety. So even the leak so to justify Landon Collins wasn't even true. Oh I thought it was just the strangest thing. Just run it back. You know, I mean, I think that the, the sort of Rosetta Stone for the Dave Gettleman era is when he renounced the rights to Josh Norman for no reason. Right. They had him under a franchise tag. He was going to play it. He wasn't going to sit out a year. Josh Norman works his ass off. He was just a little bit upset. He didn't get a long-term contract. And so they got a little bit sensitive in Carolina, and they said, we're going to renounce his rights for basically no reason. He signed the biggest, I think, defensive contract in history with Washington right after. But you're coming off a Super Bowl. You've got Cam again. Cam is peaking. You have a lot of talent there, okay? Ron Rivera is a good coach. Why are you messing with this? Why are you, by renouncing the rights to, what, your third best player? What, what, why? And, and I think that you need to start asking those questions. And he's now, he's now let two stars go because they were mildly upset. That seems like a bad, isn't it your job to, to, to make things better? Not just let people go whenever they get mildly upset. The Giants fans love to point to Sam Darnold versus Saquon and that pick and how Mm -hmm. if they had taken Sam Darnold all of this would have been different. Was sure it would have been that different? Uh no. Are we I mean, sure Sam Darnold would have been the magic elixir. I, I think, watched Sam Darnold. I, I, so last I think year. the I think the the problem with everything that happened last year was that Dave Gettleman, his 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 big stance was he wouldn't even take a call to trade down. He made fun of the people right. who said I you remember should trade that. down. He, he was like did a, a dick mock about it. keyboard. He did yeah. a mock keyboard as in don't you blog about me trading down because I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna take a running back second overall. So I don't know necessarily if it's Darnold versus Saquon. If you're going to stay at two, yeah, it's Darnold versus Saquon. I don't know how different that is right now. What I'm saying is you could have... It was in, in in a quarterback draft... You can build a franchise around some desperate team overpaying. Well, what was the what did the Colts get? Where they ended up getting Quentin Nelson? Yeah, they traded to to six basically. They went from three, three to, to six, six, right? Yeah, but then they got Nelson, and then mm-hmm. they got a whole bunch of other. Sure, well, and they drafted two All Pros. That trade like made their team. Yeah, and now you have it was two, like a re- an instant rebuild. You have two All Pros. The Colts have a hundred and seven million dollars in cap space right now. You want to talk about Dave Gettleman clearing the decks? Chris Ballard has Andrew Luck under contract, who's an absolute superstar. He has two All Pro rookies who are not up for three years and yeah. over a hundred million dollars in cap space. He just signed Devin Funchess for ten million dollars. It's a drop in the bucket. Devin Funchess sucks. Yeah, but whatever. Was, who cares? I have one hundred and seven. Yeah, whatever. He has one hundred and seven million dollars in cap space. By the way, Devin Funchess, Dave Gettleman pick. Is that true? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, all these teams have cap space, and then they feel like they need to have to spend it. And then there's the Patriots who do the same thing every year, 
where they just kind of wait it out and then they do these little they they got some nose tackle yesterday for like five million. They, year I'm run. sorry, Bill. They re-signed Ryan Allen today. So Oh, there you go. Off season put a nice little bow on the off season. But it was fun though. They got a little frisky in the they were in the Adam Humphreys sweepstakes. They were in the Adam Humphreys and allegedly had the highest bid for it and he chose Tennessee, which I hear something like that and I'm just like, oh, you're a loser. Mm. You're just a lifelong loser. That's what that was. No, I'm hurt. I'm hurt that he didn't pick us. Nashville's very nice. So you think that was a lifestyle decision? How do you I would not want to be a Patriot? Very nice. We've won six Super Bowls. How do you not want to play for us? What's wrong with these people? Nobody thinks if about winning anymore. If tomorrow you were like, the ringer is relocating, we're deciding between Boston and Nashville, I think that it would be like, the vote would be like 87 to 3. So you think people, you think a football player would just- Oh no, I don't know. I don't know Adam Just Humphreys. cares about the city he's living in over the success of that team. He's going to a team that has Blaine Gabbard and Marcus Mariota. No, you're, you're wrong. It's Ryan Tannehill. Oh, that's right. So yeah. who's out? I think Gabbard is. Mariota's going to be the starter. Tannehill's the backup. They're paying $5 million. So what happened to our man Blaine? Five of $7 million. The Dolphins picked up $2 million of it. Um, well, this will be the year for Ryan Tannehill. He's only 31. This is usually when careers take off. I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be a great, great... Here's, here's Ryan Tannehill's next five years, okay? Phenomenal backup. Mm. Wins a game. Overqualified backup. Overqualified backup. Wins a game. Two years from now. Some team says Ryan Tannehill is ready to be a starter again. Fitz Magic, one part year, two. one year of just disastrous play, back to being just a, a properly rated. Backup. By the way, this is the John Kitna, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick playbook of I'm good at being a backup, and then you know people just talking to. It's like the two in the morning when you're drunk, yeah, just kind of talking yourself into a bad situation. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Kyle, you have no experience <laughs> with that at all. Uh, I That's know, never uh, happened to you ever. Um, I thought it was also funny that the Raiders who trade Khalil Mack, yep. who is one of the best 13 players in the league. Mm -hmm. And the whole principle behind it is, well, we're not going to win anyway. We can turn him into all these picks. And then they flip it the other way and they get Antonio Brown yep. for a pretty cheap price. Take a flyer on him. But now you're not rebuilding anymore. Yeah. The whole point with the Khalil Mack thing is, this is now a teardown. And this the Amari Cooper thing. Yeah, this is a three-year project now. Yep. We're going to have some young dudes. But now all of a sudden, I also have Antonio Brown. I, on paper, the trade makes sense. But the more I look at it, and I think he's one of the five best receivers of my lifetime. Why do I want to put him on this team? Why do I want Carr as his quarterback and and uh, John the Fossil Gruden as his coach and the team's moving in a year? Like, this could be a disaster. I think the team moving in, the year, in a year is a bigger part of this than we think. They need someone. In a good way. Yeah. I mean, you've been to Vegas recently. The billboards have John Gruden on them. Like, that's fine. But, like, the, I know gonna... people love coming to see a head coach. When no, they go I know. To a I'm just saying, game. like, you had. Nothing like watching that guy at, in a windbreaker. At one point, you had Khalil Mack on the team. At one time you had Amari Cooper on the team. I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be around uh, for Vegas. I have no idea. That contract is easy to get out of. And yeah. so you need to start selling some PSLs. That's my thought. So I wasn't really happy. You know, Cleveland is, I guess, the only team that you look and you go, this is awesome. I love what they're doing here. Yep. Like just from a They also could have signed a trade for both people, both Brown and Odell. So that would have been That was my idea. I'm talking about from a fun standpoint. Yeah. 
the only team that got more fun is Cleveland, but then they also have this Kareem Hunt thing. Not good. That I still don't understand why they signed Kareem Hunt. Because uh, I really like Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was a and, beast and down the I, stretch I, last year. And the Chiefs' offensive efficiency got better with uh, it, with yeah, they after, were okay. after Hunt. Yeah. That was just weird. Why bring that? I bring that over. You have so many good things going on, but I think the Baker, they also did the Baker Odell Landry. They did something that I like where you have somebody, where you have best friends best that friends. are together and one of the best friends is a little crazy and the other best friend is the more stable version. Uh, I'm and sorry. It's, I have to wait, which one's crazy? Well, in this case, both of them are a yeah. little crazy. <laughs> oh, that was more crazy yeah, than- yeah. Oh, uh, I think Jarvis is the more stable one I think of the they two. Might need to add a third former LSU you think there's player. There's a third LSU no, player. I think they need okay, to bring in fair. like you know, they're all they're, everybody's close to that former punter wing. They need to bring that guy in, and he can just sort them both out. He can just be friends with both of them. Normally, I don't like putting um two two potential trouble guys together. No, I, I think they're in great. this case, I like it. I think they're both, and I think these guys are going to really feed off each other in a healthy. significant way. I think yeah, they're they're uh attitude i guess you could say i think it's healthy i think it's like competitiveness if that makes sense like you know there's a difference between sort of crazy crazy and competitive crazy and yeah. those guys are whatever uh sort of problems they've had with coaches or whatever it's mostly been through the avenue of, of competition and competitiveness if we do the crazy receiver scale and to uh-huh. is a 10 to is a 10 yeah odell was what do you think he was in the giants like an eight uh, Jarvis no. is like a five. I'd say, I don't know, man. I mean, I I think that the 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 Dolphins really wanted to trade Jarvis Landry. I think he was. I think he just wanted the ball. He's higher than. Yeah, I think they're than. both like six and a half. Where's it? Where's Antonio Brown after last season? He's a solid nine. I mean, he pegged his quarterback with a football. He also painted his mustache blonde until yeah. they traded him, and then after they traded him, he, he made it the back. normal color again, which I thought. It is so, inc- some incredible character acting there to, yeah, to what's tank going his value. On? I think he was tanking his value. I mean, he went. So first of all, he goes on ESPN and says, I don't need football yeah. while they're trying to trade him. I do think there was some of it. He's just trying to get out. I think he was. that's all he cared about was trying to get out. Mm. Like, mission accomplished. But I just, I don't, th- I've seen Antonio Brown in practice and he's not for everybody, but like he works his ass off. He does. I think actions speak louder than words. It's not like, even though he pegged his quarterback with the football and left practice, he still needs football. I mean, I think he, his work ethic when he's not literally leaving the facility in frustration has not ever been in question. How weird would it be if the Pats gave up a first round pick for Antonio Brown yeah. like tomorrow? Yeah. I wondered about that. The Raiders, because so there's this has happened a couple of times in sports history. Most famously, Portland trades Moses Malone in 1976 before their title season, 77. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They decide Bill Walton, he's too expensive. They flip him to Buffalo for a conditional first-round pick. Six days later, they trade him to Houston for two first-round picks. Perfect. So why couldn't that happen here? Because I don't know if you noticed this. Piazza, Florida Marlins is a bit like that as well. The Pats need a receiver. I don't know if you've noticed this. I have noticed this, yeah. Chris Hogan, they've obviously decided they're- He's taking meetings or something, yeah. I mean, he was really bad last year. Then they hired a whole, they signed a whole bunch of people that uh, I've never really heard of. I've heard of the names, but certainly not anyone who started for a fantasy team in their life. Right. And uh, and they have all these picks, and they don't yeah. have the roster spots for twelve picks. 
So yeah. they're going to do the usual thing where they either trade back, trade for picks next year, or maybe they make a trade like they did a couple of years ago for the yeah. Brandon Cooks type trade, sure. do you know which what I've been waiting on. You know so who probably, is that for? AJ Green? I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think you say all that and then they're just going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, I don't I, know how it happens, but they're going to win the Super Bowl. I already have them penciled in. What are you talking AJ about? AJ Green would be a great, a great uh, addition. I mean, I think you look at the Chris Sims report from a couple weeks ago that they were aggressively trying to trade for Odell and you can sort of see the fact that they would be aggressive and they want top tier talent and they believe that wide receivers are extremely valuable. If you can get AJ Green for 50 cents in the dollar, you do that. Anybody else out there? For my team, I don't. I mean, I just don't know which top tier receivers would be available. Um, Do you think we've just given up on receivers because Brady, Brady's long ball accuracy is, isn't hasn't really been there anymore, and they're just they're well, now James White. They turned James. We just White won into a Jerry Super Bowl. Rice. We scored thirteen points and you've, won a Super Bowl. Turned, and we just yeah, don't care. All this, the, the guys who've rewritten the the record books yeah. for receiving are literally in the playoffs are literally Jerry Rice and James White. Like that's that's where Brady's arm is right Screens, now. Screens, wheel still, routes, and tight ends and over the middle. Still going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I really look forward to it. Mike that's, Evans. I, I don't know. I mean, why would the Bucks let Mike? Evans I don't go? know. Why did are the Giants named, trade Odell Beckham? Well, there, I mean, I don't good think Bruce, I don't think Bruce Arians would be okay with that yeah i think so i think he would want they're also trying to oddly enough bruce arians has been hired to fix Jameis winston which doesn't seem like a good plan yeah and but keeping mike evans would be a part of that can i ask you a a math question sure so the giants are paying 21 million dollars not to have odell beckham on their team okay the browns are paying $22 million to have Odell Beckham on their team. Okay. The math is off. Well, he's only making $22 million, but he's worth $43 million. I don't understand that. Well, it's just a penalty. It's just a penalty for getting rid of a guy a year after you give him that huge signing bonus. I don't like it. Oh, okay. I just think you should be able to trade the guy. Why do I have to have you see? Do you think that they penalty? should be able to get rid of the entire cap? I don't think somebody should be worth more on the cap than what you're paying them. Maybe right. there should be like a 15% trade kicker penalty yeah. or something like that. But well, why so does it have to be 21 dead million? Money, dead money is typically effective at keeping guys on a team, which is what the player wants. No, I get it. Like but they give them the did, bonus up front. Right, right. I get it. So, so also it would keep, so it keeps guys from getting cut a lot. Right, like you're just gonna pay the guy instead of so the reason like the Derek Carr contract is easy to get out of is because he has almost no dead money, so he's essentially not guaranteed to be on the team after this year, after last year actually. But it's it's a protective mechanism in 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 some ways, so I can see why it's not. So you think the players' union likes having this system where there's just dead money all over the league? No, I, I think that the players' union would want that to come off because they would rather just the money be spent. They would want the Giants to have more cap space so then they could spend the money on a player. They Maybe. Could, they could, it would be better for the PA, I think, if I've never asked this question to them, but wouldn't it be better if the Giants just had more cap space to, to just give the money to Golden Tate? Or what about this? They said, so when's the next CBA? Uh, 20, after 2020. Each team gets an amnesty over the course of yeah. the next seven years. And at any point, you could just wipe off the dead cap of whoever. Well, except that it's just so temporary. It's not like when you stretch a contract, or whatever, like in the NBA, it, it, it's you can usually get like out Joakim of contracts. Noah. <laughs> you can usually get out of contracts. Who's the Joe Kim Noah of the NBA or the NFL? 
I don't know. The guy usually just gets waved. Yeah, he just gets waved after two years. It doesn't matter. Dead, dead cat um, forever. I don't know. I mean, I, oh, I, I'll tell you who it is. Todd Gurley. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> prove to me I I'm wish, wrong. Was was Kyle's mic on for that? Whoa, because that was amazing. Um, Are we sure Todd Gurley's gonna play football at a high level ever again? I don't. I I don't mean to be glib. I'm honestly asking. The guy, well, he's a running back. The guy is a running back who, as the season went along, couldn't be productive anymore. And in the Super Bowl, they played C.J. Anderson over him. And then they were extremely cagey about the injury for two months. Beyond cagey, we still don't know what the injury was. What happened? Rumors. Everyone says arthritis, right? Yeah, everyone says he's got a condition. That's the that's the word. Well, that's dangerous. That's not good. I mean, there. This is like like why windows with sports are so crazy, because you think like the Rams team of the decade, and now it's like I have no idea. If and now Todd they Gr- have Blake Bortles. Yeah, then Blake Bortles. They went from they have the best coach in football. They went from having the best offensive talent in football, and then a month later, no one knows if Todd Gurley's ever going to be good again. And their their roster includes Blake Bortles. That's a life. And they went all situation. in on the cap too. Yeah, they you know, this year is like the last year back. On that, when I've said that in the past, yeah, they've pushed back and basically said they have more flexibility than everybody thinks. Namakan Sue was off the books. Um, you know, they went in for one year on some of these guys, but I think that they think that they have more flexibility. They were clearing a little bit of cap space. You know, they got rid of John Sullivan. They were clearing a little cap space for maybe a big swing this offseason. That didn't come together. Obviously, Odell and Antonio Brown went somewhere else. But I, I, I think that they think, and I think it's a good instinct to have that the cap keeps rising $10 million a year. And so being up against the cap, isn't what it used to be. And it's not like the NBA where like, you're just absolutely screwed if you're up against the cap. The girly situation to me is the most interesting story of 2019, other than Beckham getting traded. Cause we knew Brown was getting traded. Take all the other ones, whatever stuff happens every year. That one is like, if that guy doesn't come back, they just were never the same after he wasn't ever the same. He did so much for them. I don't, I don't see any scenario where they're as dangerous next year if he's sixty percent, seventy percent, and nobody and will talk about it. That's the part I don't get. Well, you also have the fact that Niners will be better, Seahawks will be better. I like the Tevin Coleman signing. Yeah, with and then McKinnon was that two uh, years, ten yeah. million? McKinnon's coming back. That was a steal. McKinnon's coming back. So, Forty ers will be better. Seahawks, I think, are really good. This is not going and to be... And they have George... The Niners have George Kittle, the best player in football. They do have George Kittle, the best player in football. Jimmy Garoppolo will be healthy. They're no longer mm-hmm. paying him $41 million in cash like last Kyle, year. Kyle, when do you buy a Niners jersey just to support... If he makes it two games, dude. Just have an NFC games. team. First two games, if he's in, I'm... I'm That's going to be our NFC team this year. Yeah. That's it? Good to, yeah. Yeah, I love that Kyler, guy. Kyler in Arizona? Hey, no, that, that, division. that GM, they'll never do anything until that guy goes. Steve Kahn? That that guy bombed in yeah. an epic way in he year did. one. And then it's like, all right, guys. Uh, so reset button? Cool. Well, no, can, he, new QB, but, new coach? Okay, can, but we, he, can we try he, this he again? He was the GM for like the Bruce Arians glory days, but that was just sort of, I mean, he drafted Honey Badger. I mean, he did some okay things. The problem is he has really bombed on a number of drafts and then he keeps getting to hire coaches. But I thought Bruce Arians had a lot of say. Bruce Arians was, a, I mean, Bruce Arians 
brought Carson Palmer in. I remember being in. I thought it was. I thought he was more involved with this stuff. No. Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, he 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 made it work. When Bruce left, I was like, "This is now the Steve Kime show." Steve Kime show, and he brought in. He's the voice. He brought in Steve Wilkes. You're in charge now, buddy. Got a DUI. Um, that was you know. Not not great either. That's not a class week. Rough thing. year. Rough 13 Tough months year. for Tough Steve. Year. Uh, you had to fire Steve Wilkes. And it was one of those weird firings where it was just randomly leaked in like October if it was going to happen. So everyone yeah. spent two months being like, well, I guess this guy's getting fired. Yeah, that's uh, always good. Always yeah, good it, was, it was not a good year. And then you hired Cliff Kingsbury, who had at one point both Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and never won much. And went 35 is, to 40? It's, I lo- you, 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 what, are we, what are we doing there? I don't know. All I know is the decision makers always stay in the, and everyone else gets blamed until somebody looks at the decision maker and goes, oh, maybe we should get rid of you. That'd be a good idea. And then all of a sudden things are slightly better. Poor Kyle. Kevin Clark, Ringer NFL show. You did the rewatchables. Did the rewatchables. I think we're doing something again later this week as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just, all right. It's content season, baby. Orlando's two games out of the playoff hunt. Fultz. Saw a tweet today Fultz. from John Denton. There you He's go. He's assimilating back into the team. Hey, congratulations. Assimilating back into Orlando, <laughs> could Bill. Be, could be five, six years. Hi, haters. It. What's up? <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Let's take a break to talk about zone. The old way of watching sports is over. Stream over 100 fight nights a year. Featuring the biggest names in boxing and MMA without the pain of pay-per-view. Fighters like Canelo Alvarez, Triple G. I've heard of those guys. Daniel Jacobs, Anthony Joshua, Michael Venom Page, Rory McDonald, and more. Plus, behind-the-scenes content leading up to Fight Night, a library of classic fights and original programming, everything live on demand, available on almost any device. You can download the Zone app on your smart TVs, tablets, mobile, gaming consoles. Over 400 fights for less than 100 bucks a year. That is a full year subscription for around the cost of one pay-per-view fight or be flexible. Get a monthly subscription for $19.99 a month. You can also get access to the brand new MLB Live Whip Around show. It's called Change Up. Watch only the best plays and get expert analysis every night of the week brought to you by MLB and DAZN. Getting set up is easy. Just download the DAZN app in the Apple or Android app store. Sign up by creating an account. Then start watching across nearly any of your devices, D-A-Z-N. Check it out. All right, on the line right now, my old Grandland teammate, um, my buddy, a guy I've spent a lot of time with over the years, a guy that the last time I saw in person, I stormed out of a bar because he cheated in Golden Tea, and somebody who got me in trouble when I went on Jalen and Jacoby right before the NBA season and predicted the Celtics would win 67 games. He didn't try to talk me out of it. I'm embarrassed. The clip gets thrown at me. We're still friends. We're friends for life. Dave Jacoby, how are you? I'm great. So glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. The czar, do you, are you still the czar of reality TV or not really? Did you, did you abdicate it? Uh, I have not done anything officially in terms of paperwork, and I don't really feel like I've been replaced. And if I were to be replaced, it would be by Julia Littman. And, you know, we're basically family, so it's all good. Yeah, me. I don't, yeah, she's the queen of reality TV. So maybe there's room for both of you. I, in my in my memory of all the podcasts I've done, I've been doing these since 2007. One of the 10 greatest I've ever done was after the first episode of Jersey Shore when you and I came on the next day and we broke it down the same way somebody would break down the JFK assassination tape or whatever happened to Flight 370 in Malaysia, all that stuff. Um, 
I, I still have fond memories of that, Jacobs. I, I don't feel like we're oh, ever going to have a reality <laughs> show like that again that has the impact that that specific show had. That was, wasn't just one of my favorite sort of like media appearances. That was my favorite just interhuman conversations of my whole entire life because we were just so excited about it. You forget, people forget because we're so like removed from it. Yeah. Just how Jersey Shore captured the world. Yeah. Well, and we had, what was it? True Life? We saw one of the, who did we see on True Life that got us excited? True Life, like Summer House at the Shore, but it wasn't the cast. You know what I mean? And it was like a little teaser into the culture, into that like subculture lifestyle. But until we actually saw the first episode of Jersey Shore, and you forget the first episode, like remember Snooki was ostracized from the house. Yeah. Just calling the situation the situation was just like a revelation. Like there's like a human being that calls himself the situation. Now it's just like so common, <laughs> so common. It's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, the situation, of course. Mike Sarantino. Yeah, I don't, I remember going to do like PTI or something in Washington after that show had been on for a year and actually like trying to figure out where we were going to watch the show that, that night, which is really embarrassing to reveal now, but uh, it really, it really for about a year and a half there had significant cultural impact. And now people think, I guess people think Vanderpump Rules is now kind of the, 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 the goat of the shows right now. Do you agree with that assessment? No, I think Bachelor would probably be the biggest reality show right now. You know, it's one of those big network shows. I think that the, the Bravo subgenres are still a step below in terms of audience and sort of like zeitgeistiness. But um, but do you think that- there's nothing better? I remember we went to I think it was we went to All Star Weekend in New Orleans, I believe, which is a whole we won't have to tell those stories. But uh, I remember Vinny from Jersey Shore was there, and they were treating him like two chains would be treated today. <laughs> you know, he was like front row everywhere. It was just like full treatment. Players coming over to shake his hand and introduce themselves. It was just like Vinny from Jersey Shore. Yeah, well, I think Vanderpump, doesn't that, maybe it's not the most watched reality show, but isn't it's the most like respected for what it does for the genre, right? Or am I wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, I'm, I I pray to the Vanderpump Temple twice a week. Yeah. I watched last night's episode. I plan on watching. I watch each episode twice because of the nuance. And sometimes if I've already seen it, I turn it on just to have it on in the background while I like walk, go around the house and do things just because I like being around those people. I love Vanderpump. So after I did the 67 win team thing on Jalen and Jacoby, we, we did a gimmick. We brought it back. It was an old Grantland basketball Um we initially did that meet with me and Jalen, the, the summer preview. And then we did it again on the yeah. Grantland show. Bad news, Bill, where we dressed like doctors and I delivered bad news. <laughs> and one of the things I did on Jalen or Jacoby was I delivered bad you news. You were so much more committed to the character that Jalen was. It's one of my favorite parts of it. He, he wasn't really committed to any characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just wanted the bat. That was it. Um but I did. I I had bad news for the Eastern Conference that the Celtics were going to run away with it, and go sixty-seven and fifteen, and it's one of like the eight biggest regrets of my life, Jacobs. Well, at the time, it made a lot of sense. Thanks. It really did. If you look at the previous Celtics performance, you've got Brad Stevens. If anyone can weave in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, those two all-star top performers, anyone can just take care of the chemistry issues and the on-court stuff. It's Brad Stevens. We all believe in President Brad Stevens. At the time, it made total sense. It was like, it was like almost, I almost felt like it was an inevitable finals, the same way the last four years have been, or the last three years have been between the Cavs and the Warriors. Yeah. No, it's going to be Celtics Warriors. Of course it is. And now the Celtics are scratching themselves for a home playoff series in round one. It's really horrible. And their over-under in Vegas was 59 and a half. So it would, the 67 and 15 wasn't even 
that high over the over-under. I thought somebody no. was going to be dominant in the East, and it turned out it was Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's going to go, you know, 63 and 19 or 62 and 20 or something. But I'm just, I, I've said this a couple of times. I'm going to say it to you because I think you were the first person I ever heard use this phrase. And then I stole it liberally, which I don't feel bad about because, you know, we all steal from each other. But the Celtics team really hurts my feelings. They've hurt my feelings. Yeah. Like yesterday against Denver, Monday night, you know, the, it is just they just fall apart in the fourth quarter and it just hurts my feelings. I don't want to talk about the Celtics. I just wanted to get that on the record that uh that I blame you. I didn't really want to do bad news bill. I felt like an actress in the late 70s being forced to like get into my bra for a horror movie scene or something. I didn't feel great about it. I didn't talk to my agent. All of a sudden you have the bad news bill costume on me. And then I'm talking yeah, out of my ass. Jalen, I was going to do this one thing. We're going to do this one extra thing. So you came and did a full show. And yeah. We're going to tape one segment for another show. And you were kind of there. And you were like, I, I guess. I guess we'll do that. Like, oh, no, you've got a costume. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was not consensual. It was not. It was a non-consensual segment. It's it's uh, it's a it's a huge regret for me. What? How has Jalen changed? I haven't worked with Jalen um, day to day now for four years. And... You know, I've talked to, he's obviously been on this podcast a few times. I've talked about his quirks from time to time, his ability to fall asleep on an airplane as soon as he sits down, um, his weird eating habits, his ability to um, talk to pedestrians who come up to him and be totally gracious while never stopping his walk. He just constant yeah. motion, all the quirks. Has he had, does he have any new quirks from the last three to four years? You know what? And like this is this is like both a positive and a negative. He's just become such a better person, and I could attribute wow. a lot of this to Molly. Yeah, you know he settled and down. Like, you know what I mean by also a negative. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like he's just it's, he's just calmer. You know what I mean? Like you know where he is all the time. Yeah, he's he works seven days a week. He's got a very structured lifestyle. He's on the air every morning at eight a.m. So it's really it's 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 cut down, if not completely eliminated, any sort of like nighttime activity outside of sitting in his basement and watching NBA games. Right. Like he's just really just like a much better person, and and he literally works like six days a week and probably travels on the seventh. So it's like he's just very structured life here. And he lives kind of outside the city. I won't say where, but he's got like a driveway and like a lawn. Oh you know, he's he's like, he's he's definitely settled. Let's just say that. He's a much more settled person. But you miss the old Jalen. <laughs> yeah. I would say like, I'd say five years ago, if I told my wife, like, I'm going to go to dinner with Jalen, she would be like, oh, okay, you'll probably be home at like two in the morning. And yeah. like, you know, and, and, and just like sort of make a mess and fall over yourself and then like you'd be nothing the next day. And now if I'm like, hey, I'm going to dinner with Jalen. She's like, cool. I'll see you at like eight o'clock. You know? Wow. Yeah. This, Things have changed. Has he, has he gotten more old man on the couchy with stuff? With the, like, too many, these teams are shooting too many threes, any of that stuff? Oh, no. No, no, no. No, not that. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's he not that. He's not, he's not that. He's not that. But, if it, another thing has changed is, like, uh, I've been trying to get him to, like, play basketball for about a year and a half now. Yeah. And I have not, it has not happened. Because he's old. He no longer he's... plays basketball. Like I was like, I was like, you love, I love basketball. You love to watch basketball. That's my new dig for him. Oh, that's yeah. That's painful. Cause he played basketball yeah. his whole life. He had one of the great old man pickup games I've ever seen. If not the greatest, just the, the constant spin moves, just spinning, spinning, spinning. And then he ends up with a five foot lefty hook. 
against any I against say anyone. If you Google, if you Google Jalen Rose highlights, like there's nothing, nothing comes up. Like he doesn't have like signature highlights, you know, like there's no big crossovers or dunks on people or like even anything that's like particularly athletic or impressive. But if you look at his stats, like hey, somehow he got 25 points every single game. Yeah. None of them are remarkable. Yeah. He was, he was good for, especially during the Indian years, like 22 and oh, yeah. seven, 22 and eight, whatever. Uh, yeah. So you guys have been doing this show now. What, an hour a day now for what, three and a half years, four years? Half, well, I'm, I'm not good at recollection, but uh, we moved to an hour, I think, like uh, five months ago. So it was a half an hour. So it was a half that. hour, but, but it was still, you would you tape hour. them long and then cut it down. Yeah, if you tape them long and then put some podcast exclusive stuff because you can't just like repurpose your TV show as a podcast. But now we're an hour every day, ESPN two at two p.m. So give me give me the non basketball sports that uh, what what's Jalen the wob- wobbliest with hockey, soccer, soccer, and then hockey. He 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 pays attention to college basketball, baseball, yeah. the big three American sports. But yeah. like even me with hockey, it's like I don't even know who's good right now. And but I, but for like the Stanley Cup Finals, I pick a team and like get involved. But that's about it. My theory with hockey is that um, the diehard hockey fans pushed everyone else away. <laughs> they didn't want us. They didn't want casual Being fans. Being a soccer fan is like that too. Yeah. Like if you're like trying to talk soccer with your soccer fan friends, like they just make you feel like you're not welcome. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, thanks, guys. Yeah. They 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 were fine oh, without sorry, us. I didn't know Lukaku got transferred. Like, oh my bad. I thought I thought Lukaku was still on this team. You know, it's like all right, guys. <laughs> Mbappe. Uh, <laughs> Mbappe. Yeah, they they're just good. They don't want the sport to get any bigger. They like having their other diehards to talk about, and everybody else can fuck off. That's the attitude of. So- I always called it the. Uh, I remember I wrote about this ten years ago, and I called it like the. The, the the status quo, something like the quest for the status quo or keep the status quo. And just like, we don't want, I, I think it bothers the real diehard crazy soccer fans. If like you and I talked about the Champions League right now for five minutes, somebody's driving oh, going, yeah. no, 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 stay away. Stay away from that. No. Yeah. Um, which is fine because we have basketball to talk about. You had uh, Damon Jones on. Mm, he big, to- big news. He told the Viral soup clip, story. Though. TMZ wrote about it. You got a TMZ story. <laughs> I, I walked into a meeting today, and then one of the guys was like, congratulations on being on TMZ. And I was just like, oh, God. It's like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> what did Jalen do? The headline's going to be like, man spends $20,000 on golden tea in three months. You know, I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, what, what could this possibly be? Like, three kids neglected, golden tea scores lower and lower every day. I was just terrified of something. But it was really just Damon Jones coming on the show because I asked him about soup. Obviously, when you know Damon Jones is coming on the show, you're like, the first thing that comes to mind is I have to ask him about the soup thing with Jared Smith. But you don't know how he's going to be. Yeah. So I had it in the rundown. He sat down in the chair and I was like, look, man, like we don't have to talk about this, but like, you know, I have to ask you about the soup. So like, like I gave him an opt out, you know, cause I, you do this a lot. Like you really want to talk to this, uh, somebody about something, but you don't know if you want to mention it beforehand. It's kind of like asking if you can kiss somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like, it, it can kind of go one of two ways. Like, you know, like back when you, you were a million years ago, when we were both single. It's like, do you say like, Hey, can I have a kiss? Like, it's just kind of corny. You should probably just like lean in and do it. So I asked him and he was like, yeah, man, I'm ready to talk about the soup. So then we asked him about the soup and it turns out my main question was, did he throw the bowl at the soup? Cause I watch a lot of reality television. And yeah. you know, if you're going to throw a drink at somebody, 
you really just throwing the contents of the drink at somebody. Yeah, you're not throwing the, the glass or the cup or the bowl. No. And then my real question was, because in my mind, J.R. Smith threw the bowl as well, just because that's who J.R. Smith is. He's committed. And that was the question. It turns out that he did throw the bowl as well. And Damon Jones offered that it was a full, not just was it a full bowl of chicken tortilla soup. It was the first, he, I think he used the term ladle, like the first ladle, which is a weird vocabulary term for Damon Jones to pull. It was like the very freshly ladled. So it was a brand new hot soup that was very hot all over his chest and shoulder and on the wall. I mean, that almost sounds like a, like a criminal offense. It sounds, it's, I mean, this sounds like you could have like light burns, Yeah. you could never like treat yourself for them. Cause you can, you can't like go to the hospital and be like, so what happens? Like, well, J.R. Smith threw a bullet. He's, he threw a French onion at me. <laughs> yeah. It was chicken tortilla. It was chicken tortilla. Oh, too. chicken tortilla. That's right. I forgot. Well, that's cool. At least we like, solved that. Yeah, we solved that. And I was like, Damon, like, man, I would, when did you talk to him? Like that would take me a few days. And he was like, oh, it's three months, three months. We didn't just, we didn't talk. Wow. J.R. Complicated guy. Um, I yeah, know you watched The Bachelor that. season. Where the Colton fence jump. See, I know you're you're on the show every day with Jalen and he just doesn't care and he doesn't want to talk about one of the great athletic feats we've ever seen. Did you Well it's also like this is one of the reasons I'm really no longer the czar of reality TV because I have to I feel obligated to watch sports at night. Right. So I only get select reality TV viewings. Right. But you saw this. So to be very picky. Did, yeah, I saw the I saw the fence jump. It was basically the Bo Jackson moment for reality TV that we never knew we wanted, which we've had before. Like, I feel like CT carrying bananas on his back was way up yeah. there as well. Uh, we're just, just a superhuman feat, but this one, this were, were really topped it. And it really ended up saving a, a horrific bachelor season. The fence jump. It, it was like having a hail Mary in a bad football game that, you know, that all we remember now is the hail Mary. Really what I think this fence jump was is anyone who's watched the Bachelor and Bachelor franchise as closely as we have is it's become like a bit where Chris Harrison promises the most shocking thing or they tease something that's happening, yeah. an ambulance that pulls up or they, they tease. It's kind of like, a, what was it, P.T. Barnum used to put like a big sign that like the great egress this way in the middle of his circus tents and egress actually means exit. So it's like you're teasing something that never pays off. It just kind of keeps you moving. Yeah. But this, all of those like fake teases in the last decade of this franchise were all leading up to this, like the tease that actually pays off. Yeah, I agree. And, and they, and what's weird is they showed it in the trailer, but it still had real impact. It'd be like, if you showed a hail Mary that hadn't happened yet yeah. during a football season, but then you're, everybody's still blown away by the, uh, by the hail Mary. Do you think he lost his, um, virginity in the Coeta suite? I love you call it Coitus. What? The Coitus suite. <laughs> I was saying that's I did that for you. But Coitus is even better. <laughs> um, I I do not. I'm not I am still I'm still sort of like a, a virginity truther with Colton. Like I'm still just like, I'm not. He, yeah, he probably did at some point, you know? It's a weird thing to hold off on. When, especially as a football player. When you've had a handsome yeah, football player has had loads of opportunities. It's just a weird thing to have uh, intense focus toward preserving. To be like the, one of the top four college football players for four years on campus, it would be hard not 
to coitus, as you would say. Coitus is your word. I'm just using your word. Yeah, it's coitus is how you say it, though, Bill. Coitus. Yeah, but coitus is funny. Coitus is what you get after you sleep <laughs> with somebody in the jacuzzi on top of the roof of the Jersey Shore house. That's coitus. Coitus is... Coitus is the word. Coitus is much funnier. <laughs> it is. It sounds gross. Like, I tested positive for coitus. It's like, oh, no. I'm going to put a hazmat suit on. Well, I don't know. Can you give the listeners three things you miss about working with me four years later? We spent four intense years together. What are the top three things you okay. miss? Oh, God. All right. Number one, Bill's weird salad orders. Bill gets salads. Like, you know, we all go to these places. They're like, oh, salads. Like, you can kind of like choose your own salads. They have their pre-made like 15 salads on the board. And those are all like salads that have been sussed out. Chefs have been involved. They're like the balance of food and, and pH balances are all like well done. Bill goes rogue. Most people do go rogue, but we use like certain themes. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to get like chicken with some like, you know, Southwestern sauce and onions and peppers. Like we kind of like make a sensible thing. Bill goes, yeah, I'll take some beets. I'll take some steak and some feta cheese. I never took and steak. And like vinegar. It's just like the weirdest mixes no, of food. I never it's took just steak. so weird. I don't eat meat in the for lunch. It was usually, it's beets, you carrots, do, you, falafel, cucumbers. No, you, no, you're misremembering. You used to go steak, buddy. Yeah, I guess it was a while ago. Well, that was when we were playing basketball. I needed the red meat. All right, so that's one thing. Weird salad orders. Weird salad orders. Um, meetings. Like other leaders might schedule meetings 10 days ahead of time and have a structured agenda yeah, and keep things me. to an hour yeah. and things like that. You know what I mean? No. But Bill would have uh, impr impromptu meetings that would be about like, hey, like, what do you think we should do with Grantland? You know? <laughs> you know? Or like, what, what are your plans for the next year, Jacoby? I'm just like, man, let me, let me get prepared for this. The impromptu super important meetings. Yeah. And then the super lead time unimportant meetings. Yeah. There was like a reverse. There was a reverse relationship to how important the meeting was and how much preparation you were given for it. Fair. It's I, I don't know whether that's a criticism or a compliment, but I'll take it either way. I think it's true. And then I have to do like one like actual nice one, even though it's like against my uh, personality. No, my that's, brand, that's what my not what wants to do. Yeah, that's not. I know. I know. But the people, you were just such a good, just, you're just such a good professional general manager. Just bring, not, it wasn't even just the time spending with you. It was just the people that you would bring around me. Like you have to remember when I was hired at Grantland, you were the only person I knew. Yeah. And now I've got, you know, dozens of friends for life because the oh, group that we had well, together was nice. so good. I appreciate that. Uh, well, we have yeah. a really important topic. I'll, I'll give you my quick things that I miss working with you. Um, you're the only person I know who loves soup more than I do. Oh, I had a great vegetable minestrone today by, by Chloe. Oh, so good. Oh. You are one of the few people I know who really appreciates when somebody is great at a relatively mundane job. Um, whether it's somebody that we're playing pickup basketball with or somebody who's a clerk at, um, <laughs> not a clerk, a cashier at, what was that place you took me to? The greatest cashier of all time? Uh, the Michael Jordan, the Michael Jordan of cashiers. I don't even, I, it's, it's called flavors, but there's multiple locations. Yeah. So if someone in Manhattan was, was, would trying to find this goddess, cashiered them they would not be able to locate her well you told me we went to this place and you were like i've been fascinated by this person for years they're the best i've ever seen at what they do 
and you'll understand when you watch. And then we were in line and all of a sudden she was taking credit cards from like two different customers at the same time mm-hmm. while also boxing seven different soups from five different people. Yeah, opening up bags, opening up the bag. You know the big like wrist flip that someone does to open up a paper bag? She's got that so down. Good. She can do two at once. It was really, it was one of the great things ever. And then uh, the third thing, just really fun to run the high screens with you. Yeah. Back in the day. Although I I'm retired. Hoops with you. So I have to replace that it's to the fourth thing. Um, you're the only person that I had in my life who could stay up as late as I wanted to play blackjack. Everyone else quits on me around four o'clock. No way. Yeah. That was it. It was no just way. two of us. Uh, At Blackjack, like, you know, the thing is like, if you like really care about Blackjack and they're like, here's the thing. If you're winning, leave. Like one way to lose money is to play Blackjack yeah. for like 10 the hours. Are against I'm you. like, cool, 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 cool. Get it. I totally get it. I understand. Get it. Got it. All right. That's how I play Blackjack though. And if that's going to hurt my earnings, that's yeah. fine with me. But that's my technique. Stay for 10 hours. You're like, I'd rather play until when somebody looks into my eyes, there's nothing there. Yes. It's just an that abyss. Is, that is my, I want to play blackjack to the point where I have to cancel plans for the next 48 hours because I'm not the same. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break then. And I have a very important question for you. Let's take a break. Talk about Yahoo Sports. There are a few heartbreaks, a few surprises. And now it's time for the madness. If you haven't done so already, head to Yahoo Sports, fill out a free bracket before games tip off tomorrow. This year, America's best bracket is worth $1 million. That's America's best bracket, not America's most perfect bracket. You just need to have the best one. That's a free contest for a chance to win a million. Only at Yahoo Sports. There's no wrong way to fill one out except for not filling one out at all. Download the Yahoo Sports Fantasy app. Complete yours today or get picking at yahoo.com slash best bracket. The tournament tips tomorrow. So it's not too late. And uh, check out Against All Ads with Cousin Sal because they're doing their big March Madness show this week. And also check out One Shining Podcast with Titus and Tate. They've been breaking down the brackets and doing a whole bunch of stuff for us all week. So there you go. All right, here's why I had you on after um, 25 minutes of foreplay. Um, It struck me recently as I watched LeBron's bizarre 2019 season and the fall of somebody that is in the conversation for the GOAT. I'm still not ready to put him ahead of Michael Jordan, but um, just the abruptness of it and how he looks the same, but something has clearly changed. Opponents are less afraid of him. It really does feel like the beginning of the end. We got to assess this all in a big picture thing. Look backwards, remember the great moments, the career arc. And it struck me that I've been going through this with with another great athlete, another GOAT candidate that, uh, that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, the one, the only Johnny Bananas. And so I started to think about the parallels between LeBron and Johnny Bananas. Now, Johnny Bananas has won six challenges, right? LeBron has only won yes. three titles, but LeBron, if you count the MVPs, it's right around the same level of ex- all the finals trips. It's right around the same level of excellence. They're equally decorated. Equally decorated. Um, bananas comes comes to kind of prominence in 2006 in the uh though the or 2005 2006 range for the real world key west that's where we met this person and then goes into the challenge the next year makes the final of inferno three that went from april 10 2007 through july 10 
2007. Who else made the finals during that stretch, Jacoby, for the first time? Well, that'd be LeBron James. I mean, if you want me to start pulling things from 2007 from reality TV, you're really talking no, to the wrong person. I'm saying that was when LeBron James made the 2007 NBA finals. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think my hooded bananas face in the finals, and I was like, Bill, you know me well enough to know that I don't have that kind of... They rise to prominence. He wins. He ends up winning two things later. Ends up winning six. Makes two more finals. His last fi- his last thing that he won was the Challenge Rivals 3. That was when he double-crossed um, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. The legendary moment. The timeline for that one, May 4th to August 3rd, 2016. Hmm. What else happened during that hmm. stretch? LeBron James's only Cleveland title. Came back from three and one. It, it was his only title, but it was also sort of his most notable, notorious title. His most that famous sort of solidified title. his legacy and personality, much like the Cleveland title did for LeBron. Most famous title. Johnny Bananas has not won since. LeBron has not won since. And all of this leads to this season where Bananas has an embarrassing performance in War of the Worlds. Uh, gets. Everyone's targeting him right away. For the first time, mm-hmm. he's, he's really hearing barbs constantly about his age. It's time for him to go. It's a new generation in town. His old rival, Wes, comes in and just turns the tables on him and basically gets him kicked out of the house. He's gone in three episodes. LeBron isn't going to make yes. the playoffs. Um, I, don't, I don't know who his, who's LeBron's version of Wes. Well, I, 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 in, in, you did tease this topic for my appearance, and that was one of the questions I had. There is no West for LeBron. It's not Durant? There just isn't. It, it, if any, it, it's not Durant, because Durant's sort of like a, from a little bit different generation. Yeah. But it, it could be it's currently Durant, because West did use other people, other stars, to group up against Bananas singularly. Well, the other so thing there, there are some parallels there, but sort of like that's for this season, right? But in terms of like the the breadth of the career, there is there is no sort of like apples to apples, who is West? But like there's there's one thing that I've noticed that really kind of like paired these two and where they are in their current careers is about two years ago after their big championships, they kind of both like saw this coming and started like proclaiming themselves as the goat, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> You know, Self-promotion. Like, like bananas has done this. Like, there's a thing when you're at the peak of your powers, you're not in, you're not looking back at your career perspective and sort of cementing your legacy verbally. You know, what? and like LeBron has started to do that too. Like LeBron has basically said, "I'm the greatest of all time." Remember, he did that interview with like all of his friends, like Mav and everybody. And he was like, "That title in Cleveland, that's the one right there that made me the greatest of all time." Which is like just said it out loud. And bananas will say it to anybody who will listen that he's the greatest of all time. And once you start doing that, you kind of know that. You're, you know, it's the twilight of your career. Well, and then we have, you could talk maybe the last year or so, maybe taking their eyes off the prize a little bit. Bananas gets this NBC bit. show. You know, he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's they're doing. Both, they both are completely pivoted to entertainment. Yeah. Like they're both trying to be more than just, Bananas is trying to be more than the guy from the challenge. LeBron is trying to be more than just a basketball player. Uh, Dowling mm-hmm. and all these different things as is Bananas. Maybe maybe losing, taking their eye off the prize a little bit. And then I don't know what Bananas' version of moving to L.A. and playing for a Lakers team that's being run by uh, <laughs> by, by a by bunch Magic of shaky Johnson. people. I mean, it's, 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 Bananas is now, it's almost like, oh, here's one for you. Yeah. I, this is, I didn't prepare this one. 
like I think what Bananas looks at TJ, how LeBron looks at Magic. Oh, just ride with me. Yeah, ex athlete, ex professional athlete, turned television host. Ooh, and he's looking at Magic like, okay, former professional athlete turned media mogul businessman yeah that's the second phase of my career Ooh. because bananas is like i don't know if i can be jumping off a rig truck through rings of fire and arguing with 24 year olds from sussex england for the rest of my life but the only one i can do i can toss to break i can welcome you back in from break you know and i, I feel like that's a good one tj to magic bananas to lebron and by the way similar impact tj and magic tj taught I mean, Magic is probably a little bit more decorated in terms of just, an athlete. Just tiny, just draft. tiny bit, tiny bit. <laughs> a little bit more, yeah. Just a, a tiny bit. I mean, but, you can make an argument either way, but like we could agree that Magic is probably a more celebrated professional athlete than TJ Lavin, and just slightly more famous. But TJ, without TJ, we would not have two generations of people that would know it's not okay to quit. Yeah, I don't think Magic. I mean, he's he's really kept it alive. Yeah, we, from TJ, I learned never quit. Never quit. The the other thing that um, LeBron and Bananas had to deal with, LeBron had to deal with this influx of foreign players, right? This new generation of people that are taking yeah. the game to a different level and all these new innovations and all these three-point shots. And, and now a perimeter player like James Harden or Steph Curry can dominate a basketball game without overpowering it like somebody like LeBron does. Bananas has to deal with the influx of, of the Brits, which has been the way the challenge has really reinvented himself. They looked at, they were like, basically we've run out of the types of people who can be both competitive, super confrontational, ready to party all the time and ready to have sex with anybody. They'd, they'd almost like tapped out that pool and they looked around mm-hmm. and they said, what if we went to the UK and now they're just importing these people left and right. And it, it's a farm system that has reinvigorated the show, Jacobs. I, mean, well, I think another parallel to that point would be they've both seen multiple eras of their sport and they were both, they were built for both of them. Yeah. And let me explain, like you remember the early challenge days, like it was just like goofy. You know what I mean? Let's get a block of ice out there, put everybody in bikinis and have them dry hump the thing until right. it melts and you get a little prize in the middle. Like, and now it's essentially like, you know, it really is like it's a real sport that you have to train for three months for and like show up in shape. You right. know what I mean? And I think that, that would be like the pre sort of like pace and space three point warriors era that LeBron has adjusted his game to be in. And Johnny has adjusted his game for both as well. But now it's gotten to the point where they're both kind of looking at what the future is and realizing they're not a part of it. So who has a better chance of resurrecting this bananas or LeBron? I think this is a great question. Well, to go back a little bit, and I'm going to full circle this, is some of Banana's championships, he won with teams like Kenny, Evelyn, Derek, like these, these sort of like alliances. And that was kind of like the heat era for LeBron. And I would say that the, 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 him and Sarah sort of being a partnership and him and Camila, that was kind of like the right. the Cleveland Cavaliers era. Yeah. And for both of them to be successful, they can no longer carry a single partner. They can no longer be the oh, engine behind good. their team yeah. to a championship. So LeBron 
and Johnny both looking at themselves in the mirror very hard and long, which is hard to do, are going to have to say, I can't do this by myself. Like he does need an influx of younger talent. Both of them do to stay relevant and to even put themselves in contention. So then he also, Bananas always had his crew of like Evan and Kenny who got kicked off the show. Leroy, who's basically the Carmelo of the situation. And that generation is now getting phased out too. Like all of his peers are now no longer like guys who could win a championship except for Chris Paul. And even weirder, yeah. what, what, what was LeBron's crew called with Chris Paul and Carmelo, the banana boat club? Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Banana. Did you just think of that? Yeah. Did I just thought of it right now. No, I didn't. I just thought of it right now. Bananas in there. Did you just think of that? There's links God, left man. and right. You're brilliant. Two of the greats. Um, and then the other thing with LeBron, even though Bananas is the GOAT, I still feel like CT on his best day is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And, uh, you That's know, a really good point. You know, I, with LeBron, I guess that doesn't apply with LeBron because LeBron at his peak was better than anybody the last. I'll tell you. 15 I'll tell you years. what it is. Do you know who CT is? Who? Allen Iverson. Oh, interesting. It's like he's just like a little cooler, a little scarier. Yeah. He's kind of like what you want to be. You know what I mean? Like you kind of you you like you want the you want to have the record of of Johnny Bananas. You want to have the accolades of Johnny Bananas, but like you really want to be. CT. I thought you were going like to say Duncan. D. Iverson. Because Duncan had, you know, he won more titles and was consistently winning throughout and ended up beating a better team in the series in 2014 with LeBron. Maybe it's a combo of the two. This is good. This is, this was exactly the discussion I wanted to have. LeBron and Bananas. I think, I think Bananas has a better chance to win a title than LeBron is my take. No way. Because. No way. I think it's going to be too hard to rebuild this Lakers team. And I also think it's going to be too hard for him to lure the kind of talent that he would need to rebuild it. And I think he's running out of time. He's heading towards 60,000 minutes. Haters like yourself just are willing this narrative into the earth. I think you guys are just willing this into the air. Like this whole, like, oh, LeBron, the free agents don't want to come play for LeBron. Like, oh, really? Who said that? Uh, what, what person said that? Paul George. Like, how's that a thing? Like, are, really? We should, we should have got two max slots. You're telling me those are, they're going to stay empty? Is they had like a max Milton slot last year. Nobody, nobody Chris signed there. Chris Milton doesn't want to come to the Lakers. And I'm, Chris and like, Middleton. I think, I think that you, none of who you are, you're a Celtics fan. You were a Celtics fan in the 80s, just like I was. You had this anti-Laker thing deep, deep, deep down in your heart and your subconscious. Yeah. You, and you have an anti-LeBron thing from the Cavs days. Nah. I get this. I get who you are. You're trying to speak this into existence. This whole like anti-LeBron wave that has started the last two weeks is baffling to me. Sure, the season didn't go the way they wanted to. But like, let's not sleep on when LeBron, before he got hurt, LeBron was like, in the MVP conversation. The numbers this year, he's getting like 25, 8, and 8. It's like, oh, no, he's done. Oh, that guy's done. Yeah, I can't win a championship anymore. Players don't want to play with him. You keep preaching. <laughs> you keep preaching. Because I, I, you know I'm a LeBron guy. I believe in LeBron. And I believe that it might not be Anthony Davis, but at least at least like one $1 player and a couple quarter players are coming or one $1 player and a couple one-year contracts to clear, clear it for Anthony Davis after he's done wherever the hell he's going to play next year. The one thing we've learned with sports, when it ends, it ends badly. And it happens every time. And it's going to happen to Tom Brady. I don't know when. It might not be till he's 65, but it's going to happen oh God, to him yeah, too. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Earmuffs, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably 
true. It's at some point it just had like Peyton Manning it was the same thing where he's like, ah, oh, Peyton Manning, man, he'll just do this forever. And then all of a sudden he couldn't throw 15 yards downfield and it was over. And then nobody wanted to sign him and it was inconceivable, but that's how it played out. I don't, I think LeBron, you know, the fact that he can still be as good as he is offensively, I think is still going to matter. But I also think that, that there's so much talent in the league right now that it's, it's not like it was in 2007 when you could make the finals with Delonte West and, you know, Eric Snow and all the other Il, dudes. Il that were oh, Goskis. Booby Gibson. Those days <laughs> yeah, are over. Yeah. Like, like you look at Drew Gooden. Drew Gooden, yeah. Like, look at Philly. <laughs> Philly's got Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick. Like, they, they have, they're just loaded. They might not even make the Eastern all- Finals. I think like all four of those guys outside of Reddick, sorry, JJ, colleague of yours, I know, you could like build a team around any one of those players. Yeah, they could at least be the Tobias, second best guy. Reach, but it's like any one of those players you feel like you fill with four really good role models. Like, yeah, sure. Playoff team, contenders. Yeah, it is. The, the league's loaded. I also, I don't trust the people running the Lakers at all. And I think they've done a bad job for this whole decade. And they have shown no signs other than the fact that they had the wherewithal to get LeBron, that they can put together a master plan. The Davis thing was botched, but all the stuff's really fun to talk about. There's always something to talk about with the NBA these days. Um, always. The last thing on Jalen, um, what's going on with his social media? He's just getting weird. What's going on? What's going on with him? He's Jalen is here's a good parallel. Yeah. Early in the Twitter days, me and Kevin Wiles were just like Bill. You're going to be great at Twitter. You're a natural writer. It's this like it's this really fun space. You can only yeah. write 140 characters. Like that was like a weirdest thing. It was like you can only write 140 characters. Yeah. And you just have these thoughts. You just kind of put them out there, and like nothing really happens. It's just like a fun place to like scroll while you're pooping. Yeah. You know? And you're like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. You do guys it. talked me into and it. And then when you signed up for it, it you, it just took off so fast. Yeah. It was just like a, it was a flame to gas. And I feel like Jalen has done that recently with Instagram. And I'm 100% here for it. <laughs> so much. I just I just love it. Because I know every time when I say goodbye to him and he leaves, that I'm still going to see him four or five times later that day. So he's done the thing where he got super competitive and fixated on improving whatever situation was with something. And now he has devoted the, those attentions to Instagram. Yes. I'm I'm and here for it, it as well. I'm here for it. Every time, you know, when you look at stories, there's like an algorithm that like pushes whichever ones are like the first ones there. Yeah. Like Jalen's just, just constantly right there for me. Always. It's always, always, always. Where would you put Jalen's Instagram against my dad's Twitter? If you had to rank I mean, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. Your, your, your dad's Twitter is my favorite thing going right now in social media. <laughs> with the anti-Kyrie thing with the good riddance at the end, I, I just bookmarked that because I know like after Kyrie Kyrie scores 10 points the last two minutes of a game when they're down six to like will them to a six-game victory over the Sixers in like yeah. round two of the playoffs, I'm just going to just refresh your dad's feed for him to walk that back. I can't wait. I don't think he realizes that the tweets live on for eternity. I think he, th- I think he thinks they just vanish after six minutes. <laughs> That's fine. I'm here for it too. No. 
Uh, he's very he's very traumatized by the Celtics season, though. Hopefully, hopefully things will get better. There's only 11 games yeah, left, and uh, and it's think, all your uh, fault because you made me do the bad news bill thing. But that was no, that was that was totally my fault. And I, you know, I I know how you feel about jinxes and reverse jinxes and it's everything. Bad. And you were, I think, in that moment, you could see it on your face that you were just like so proud of this team and this team on yeah. paper. But b- before you get rid of me, I do have a question for you, like. Yeah. This is something I've been asking myself for the entire East, the entire season. Yeah, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and it's hard to say this. I have no idea who is good in the Eastern Conference. Like, which of these four teams is going to win the Eastern Conference? I literally have no idea. I would give 25 percent chance to all four teams in the Eastern Conference. Sorry, Indiana Pacers fans. I would probably, I would probably lower the Celtics' odds a little bit. So if you had to dole out 100 percentage points to those four teams that we all think could come out of the East, what, how would you how would you allocate those? Well, the funny thing is I could do this, and then a week later the percentages could be totally different, right? That's what I've been doing all year yeah. long. Because right now it's the Bucks are plus 180, Toronto's plus 275, the Celtics are plus 325, and so is Philly. I, I my whole thing is when in doubt, bet on the best player. Giannis is the best player. So that's who I would pick. So I would say 40% Milwaukee, 25% Toronto, and then like 20% Philly, 15% Boston, something like that. Right now. But I could change my mind tomorrow. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have the Bucks so high. I think Brogdon was kind of important for them especially defensively. And but, they've got some spots where you're kind of like seven game series when everyone kind of gets magnified and exposed. And like, the next thing you know, he's got like, you know, Lopez getting switched on to, you know, like a, a quick guard and it's, you know, 60 possessions in a, right. in a game. Like, you know, things like that can happen, which is kind of why I think the Bucks aren't exactly my favorite. The, Bra- the Brogdon thing worries me, but I'm assuming he'll be back by round two, right? Cause they don't need him for Maybe round one. Back. Maybe back by game three around two, but like really back, back, back. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I should lower. It. I thought he'd be back by round two, but maybe it, maybe if it's longer than that, I agree with you. I think he's probably the th- either three A or three B with Bledsoe, but he just when you watch him, he he makes so many clutch plays for them. It's really hard to think how they would replace that in a playoff series. He's a good defender, which is important in playoff series. I like Toronto's five. I worry about the bodies of some of those guys holding up. That would be my fear with them. Like, can Kawhi hold up? What about Gasol? Kyle Lowry, he just got hurt two days ago. Um, but always seems to have some sort of injury and whether they could keep those guys. You know, it's pretty grueling. You need you need young bodies at yeah. some point. Um, what, um, it's great, though. What do you and think I love about Isaiah Thomas? What? What do you think about what? Isaiah Thomas sliding into uh, the Celtics DMs last night? It wasn't a slide. It was, it, I think he barged. <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is getting weird, dude. He misses it. I feel bad when um, he clearly uh, really loved it in Boston and really misses the relevancy that he had. But it, when he says stuff like, if I had stayed, we would have won a championship. It's just, it, he just seems like an insane person. Because yeah. when he left, he hasn't been healthy since. So they definitely wouldn't have won a championship. I think if he if he had phrased it like, if I had been able to stay healthy and I had stayed here, I think we would have won a championship. But he, it's almost like he forgets that he hasn't been healthy in two years. 
So I don't know. I feel bad. Yeah. And, you know, I think the Celtics, you know, the, the way that when they were playing him, when he was injured and God knows what happened on that front, but um, he's never been the same since he gutted it out in the, in that playoff run. And, uh, and the sister, there was just so oh much. Oh my God. I just feel bad. There. Like it just, I hope he can trade. come like, back. If you're Danny Ainge, like, I feel like Danny Ainge would just like look at him and just be like, they offered us Kyrie Irving. Dude. I know. Sorry, buddy. You know what I mean, it's like, it's like it was Kyrie Irving. Like we, I, we loved you. We we planned on backing up the Brinks truck. It's like you wanted, but they they offered us Kyrie Irving. I know, but he, I mean, I'll, we'll never know how hurt that they, they knew that he was. He they definitely knew he needed some sort of surgery because that was why that the deal almost got held up. But um, my question is, could he reinvent himself? as a Lou Williams type of, of player on a really good team, you know, could he be, once his body gets healthy, could he be a 25 to 26 minute instant offense can completely swing a game and potentially be a crunch time guy every once in a while for a team that needs somebody like that. I think he could, but I don't know how yeah, he healthy could. he is. But, I, but I, my problem is like, I really think he's going to get another minimum contract next year. He's going to get like another one year minimum he, contract. He's, he's looked really bad. He looked bad last night too. Um, all right, Jacobs. Yeah. We you can uh what time is Jalen and Jacoby on? ESPN two every day at two. You can also subscribe to the podcast every single day, Monday through Friday. And you're not there's no reality. You're not doing any reality TV at all. Oh, I'm absolutely obsessed with uh, Vanderpump Rules. No, but you're not. I've got, you're not talking about it anymore. This is safe space. This is safe space, right? Yeah. Uh, I've seen every single episode of Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. <laughs> every single one. Uh, every single tough one. times not sure that one's getting renewed for season two <laughs> <I'm not laughs> sure she's sober. yeah it's 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 not great uh jacobs a pleasure as always um i will talk to you soon thanks so much thank Shout you Hey, Hulu's paying some of the league's best players a lot of money to do some pretty crazy stuff joel changed his nickname from the process to joel hulu has live sports and bead Damian Lillard got a tattoo that says Hulu has live sports. Clearly, they want you to know that Hulu has live sports. Hulu plus live TV offers 60 plus live and on-demand channels. Tons of shows and movies, exclusive originals. Get rid of cable. Switch to Hulu plus live TV for only $45 a month. Watch your favorite teams of the biggest games all season with no cable required. Watch on the go and on all your favorite devices. Restrictions apply. Learn more at Hulu.com. All right. On the line from the ringer, Shay Serrano. Perfect time to call him. We not only have a big San Antonio Spurs resurgence, but a two-hour-plus South American heist movie starring Ben Affleck and a bunch <laughs> of other dudes on Netflix that I know he's watched it more than once. Quickly, just give me the give me the 60 seconds on the Spurs comeback. We're winning the 2019 NBA championship, Bill. We saw proof of it last night. Big Davis stepping up late in the game. It's it's kismet. This is the year that we win it again. It's it's perfect. So you actually believe in That's this team now? Oh, I've never doubted them, Bill. Stop. Go it. back to the tape. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you win nine games in a row, and who do we beat during that period? We beat the the Thunder. We beat the Warriors. Like if you beat the Warriors, you're the championship favorite now. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> well, what happens? Because like three weeks, or three, four weeks ago, when people were talking about the Western Conference, could Sacramento sneak in? Who might sneak out? And there was a lot of buzz about uh, San Antonio, the down arrows. It's 
it's just not looking good for them. So what changed? What's different about them? You know, that's a that's a question that is probably above my pay grade. Okay. Because when they were when they went on their their annual rodeo road trip, yeah. That's usually like the moment when the team comes together and you figure out right then is this team going to be good or bad? And they went one and seven on that trip, I believe. Yeah. And everyone went, oh, okay, then, you know, we're going to either get the eighth seed or not be in the playoffs, and that's fine. And then the and then they run these nine games off in a row, and all of a sudden it's like, did all of the Mexican moms in San Antonio gather together and light a bunch of fucking candles, and <laughs> we, now we have the power? I don't know what happened, Bill, but I love it. I do know that. Um, I mean, they're, they're, people are thinking Pop might retire at the end of the year. LaMarcus leaves, just, it, mm -hmm. it had the beginning of the end kind of feel to it, but now it doesn't. Amazing. Yeah, it, it did. Especially when, when that little news clip came out about LaMarcus telling Damien he thought about going back to Portland and playing with him again, yeah. which is, which is great. Like, you know, LaMarcus put his time in. He's played great for us these last two years or so, three years. Um, but yeah, when that happened, you, everybody sort of felt like, all right, they, this is going to be a couple of down seasons for us. And then. And then we feel great today, Bill. Well, I think you owe LaMarcus an apology. Oh, I've apologized to him on several occasions, but I will do it again. Yeah, do it right one more now, time. LaMarcus. Last time. LaMarcus, I, I apologize for dragging you through the mud <laughs> during the playoffs after the Oklahoma City Series. Yeah. You did not deserve that. You had, the year after that, you had the best year of your career. Yeah. And then this year, you're holding us down again. You have done everything Spurs fans needed for you to do, and we will appreciate you for the rest of time. Thank you, LaMarcus. All right. Well, good luck. It's it's nice. It's I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that Pop's not uh not headed out of the league yet. It's that, it'll be nice to see him have yeah, one me more too. <laughs> And I do feel like if That's it's gonna be tough. If it's Denver San Antonio in round one, with how young that Denver team is, and you know, the classic hasn't really been there before group going against like the old grizzled Spurs and Pop. Hey, that that's mm -hmm. a dangerous series for Denver. Speaking of great teams, Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam. Garrett what Hedlund, a transition. Pedro Pascal. What a transition. Um, I, I'll just read the Wikipedia. It follows a group of former special operations soldiers who reunite to plan a heist job of a South American crime boss. Right there I'm in. I don't even, you don't need to yeah. do anything else. You don't need to twist my no. arm. Um, you don't have to sell me. I'm good. I, you gave me those five names in that plot. Um You've seen it how many times now? I have seen it five times now. <laughs> five. I mentioned this to you when we were text when we were texting the other night. I watched it the day it came out. Yeah. And I said, I don't know if I like this movie. I don't know if it does it for me. Let me watch it again. <laughs> Thursday I watched it. Saturday night I watched it. I keep watching it over and over again, trying to figure out what I don't like about it and what I do like about it. It's it's in. Let me throw something out real quick before we get into the Triple Frontier thing, because I feel like the universe is telling us something. You mentioned the Spurs playing the Nuggets yeah. in the playoffs. We won a championship one year when we played the Nuggets in the first round. Ooh. I hope it happens again, Bill. It's all, it's all lining up. Oh, I'm I like just that. throwing that out there. So the interesting thing about Triple Frontier, it's Netflix and you have to choose to watch it. So you chose mm -hmm. to watch it five times versus... You know, if it was on HBO or Showtime or Cinemax, one of those things where you just flipping channels and you just get continuously, continually sucked in. Right. With this new era now of streaming, 
you really have to choose to get sucked in. I watched Triple Frontier once. I'm like you. I'm probably going back this weekend, I think, for for seconds because mm-hmm. right. I had some issues with it. I also really like parts of it. Um, and we'll get to the big twist a little bit later because I, I don't, if people haven't seen it yet, I don't want to ruin the movie. Um, okay. But first of all, I love when the movies, I love the movie where the guy's done, but they have to convince him to do one last job, which I feel like- one The one last job clause, yes. This has been a running joke basically for 15 years. And now when a movie does it, I feel like they're letting it, us in on it. They're like, we know this is the kind of movie you like. We're going to play this card here so you know that we've we, we've, we've done basically the uh, the sampler of all the different things you guys like in a movie. So we're putting this in as a sign of good faith. Come stay with us. Come, come with us for the next two hours. This scene's in there. Do you okay. feel like that's a staple in these movies now? Okay, that's, one, that's, that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about because when they do that when that happens with the you know the one last job thing it does feel like when movies do it now that it's just a little hat tip to the movies that have come before it 100 percent. i don't know i don't know if they were doing it in this movie on purpose or if they thought they were being clever and there are two lines in the movie that make me feel like maybe this wasn't intentional oh no the first one the first one is in the beginning of the movie when charlie hunnam is giving his his opening monologue about the price of being a warrior. And he says the line, I was the best of the best. And he's, and it's not like a jokey thing. Like he's being serious. You have that line, which is like, you don't want to write that into a movie because it's been written into a movie a billion times. And then later on in the movie, when his brother talks, he's like, I did, I didn't sign up for this. And if you got the, I didn't sign up for this. And I was the best of the best. Like, I feel like we're, I don't know. I feel like they weren't doing it on purpose at some point. And that, that was part of the reason I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. So I saw the best of the best thing too. And I, I felt the same way I did about the uh, one last job. I, I felt like it was a wink. Okay. Now, if it wasn't right, I'm gonna, a wink- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you on this. Well, here's the thing. If it's not a wink, then that means these guys have like never seen an action movie, but for some reason made an action movie. Like, right, right, I right. I felt like they made this movie as- they looked at all the other action movies and heist movies that have been made and tried to figure mm-hmm. out how they could create something that combined a lot of the different things from those movies, but was its own unique movie. Right. right so they right, had right. some, yeah, some twist and we'll get to one of the twists at the end of this, but it, that's why I felt like the whole thing was a nod. It was them trying to recreate, um, um, almost like a buffet of all these different movies you and I have already seen 20,000 times. But I right. don't know who's yeah, right. I, I, I don't know. It. I felt like right after the Charlie Hunnam price of being a warrior scene, when they cut to the air, to the helicopter and Metallica playing, I was like, I was 100% convinced this was about to be the best movie I had ever seen in my <laughs> life. That switch to that switch, I was like, yes. Let's fucking go. I the best of the best line was a hat tip. And then it just made a bunch of weird turns. Like let, let me ask you a question, Bill. Who's the bad guy in this movie? So that's one of the flaws, right? It's almost like the bad yes, guys. Definitely. The bad guys are 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 pieces of each of the guys. Like ben- and, and see, that's the thing. Like, we don't even get that. We don't even get infighting. They raise their voice at each other a couple of times, but there's no 
There's no like twist or pivot. There's no knife in the back. They just, they do everything really well and they mess up once or twice and they just keep it moving. And it, I just, I was, I was missing it. I was, by the third time I'm watching this movie, I'm looking at ways to, how do we make this movie better? What could we have done immediately? And I'm going to, can I throw a couple of them at you and you tell me yes or no? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, real quick. I'll go, I'll go real quick. This is what I want to happen. When they're in the house, when they're in the drug dealer's house and they're tearing up the walls and getting the money. Awesome scene. They have that line. Yeah, awesome scene. So much fun to watch that happen. I think I need one of two things here to happen. I need number one. I need for them while they're digging the money out of the wall to find something in there that they were not expecting that lets them know immediately the stakes are so much higher than just robbing a drug dealer. Yeah. Like there's other shit going on. End of Watch did a great job of this when they went into the house and they found all of the bodies and they realized, oh shit, we're dealing with like human trafficking yeah. and cartel. Like this is, a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I need either that or or when when Ben gives the whole thing about, I built 15 minutes in, we have a cushion. I need for the family to come home. I need for Benny to get shot and die. And then the rest of the movie, we have Charlie Hunnam versus Ben Affleck. Charlie Hunnam was ben, was Benny's older brother in the movie. Like I need that. Con I need the conflict. There's no conflict, Bill. It just that's where it lost me. So one thing I was thinking because the first forty minutes are pretty slow. It's a it's okay. a lot of like just setting up what's about to happen. And you talk about the bad mm -hmm. guy thing and how they're stealing from this crime, the South American crime boss that we don't really have a feel for. We don't really hate him for any reason. Um, I was thinking the two guys who are the brothers, right? So you got Ben right. and then Red Fly. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe there's a third brother that lived in Brazil and had dealings with these guys and the drug dealer killed the third brother. And that's the motivation for this versus just one yeah. last job. I heard a rumor there's a house with some cash in it. I'm with you. I felt like, the, you know, like in Heat, which we made you watch, which I think you enjoyed with De Niro. <laughs> I, loved, I loved it. Those guys set up, you know, it was for them. It was about the juice. It was the action of robbing the different banks. That's what they loved. So the there was no bad guy, and that was kind of the point of the movie. In this thing, in this movie, I think you needed a bad guy, and you needed like I, I needed to root for them for more reasons than just they they just robbed this random drug dealer. You know? Yeah, um, exactly. There's no build up. There's no there's no punch. Yeah, the to it. they killed Lorea. And you're like, oh, that's Larea. I didn't even know what he looked like. He's dead. Okay, sure. <laughs> now, with that said, there's some great scenes in this movie. And I think that's why you probably kept going back and rewatching it. And that's why I'm sure I'll rewatch it a bunch of times too. The 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 house full of money is out mm -hmm. of control. That that whole 10 it's minutes. Great. And then uh-oh, guys are coming. It's way yes. longer than you think it's gonna be. And it's just really it's a really good like eleven minutes. Um, I really mm -hmm. I like they're punching the walls in. It makes you think like, then you, it's like what we always talk about when you're putting yourself in the situation of the guys in the movie. Like how much right. money would you try to take? You know, you have like 10 minutes, um, the bags, like how greedy would you get? They, so it had a lot of factors in it that <laughs> I like. Uh, the helicopter scene was great when mm -hmm. they just have to start throwing money out of the helicopter basically to make sure it doesn't crash. And then the crash thing was great. It lost me a little. Now we're getting into spoilers, sorry. Um, but it lost me a little when Affleck just starts shooting everybody in the village. Right. He did that quick. At the that guy pulled out a knife 
And he's like, eight of y'all got to die right now. <laughs> he's just gunning people down. <laughs> and Affleck was supposed to be the guy that was the least heisty of all these guys, right? He was the toughest mm-hmm. one to rope in. He seemed like he was a decent guy. He's just trying to be a realtor. He's trying to sell some condos. Not really working out for him. <laughs> um, hasn't been in the gym in a while. <laughs> Needs to change his diet, baby. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and then he kind of, then this, the flip switches. But um, I, I guess my biggest issue out of all this was these guys were kind of dumb. These guys were kind of, so? yeah, I felt like they were dumb. You know, I, w- I don't think they were they were dumb. I I think we get a glimpse of how smart they are when the guys come home, when they're robbing the house. Right. And they immediately they immediately come up with a plan and they're like, we're going to hunt and we're going to kill quickly. Call out the kills so we don't get surprised. I've never I'd never seen that in a movie. They already knew how many guys were coming back. So they knew how many to count for. I thought that was really clever and really good. I thought that's when the movie was going to take off was right after that. I thought for the rest of the movie, it's going to be like fucking Lone Survivor. Yeah. Where it's just mayhem for the last hour. And it didn't happen. But no, I don't think they were, I don't think they were but dumb. You, but I was, you just I made my surprised. point. But that, but that's, these were these great special ops guys, right? And that, uh-huh. that scene in the house, and you get to see it, you're like, oh shit, these guys are fucking badasses. And then right. like, 10 minutes later, they're too stupid to, to realize that the helicopter is going to crash if they don't get rid of some of the, <laughs> the things. And then later on after that, the guy's burning money to set a fire, which all that's doing is just <laughs> alerting everybody where they are. It's like, wait, I thought you yeah. guys were special ops guys. You're fucking burning money in the in the mountains? What are you doing? So, yeah, yeah he, that's he what screwed, I mean. He screwed that up. He screwed that up quick. The, the pilot was another one where he's like, this is too heavy. We're not going to make it. And then they just say, it's got to make it. And he's like, oh, it'll make it. Right. <laughs> just leave some money. Just leave a little bit and you'll be fine. I don't know. That part. So, hurt. and then uh then uh the I now now we're in official spoiler mode. Sorry Kyle. Kyle never saw it. Sorry. I'm sorry. We're ruining yeah. it for Kyle. Tough there. break for Kyle. I'll get there. Tough break for Kyle. Uh so Affleck gets shot. Oh. Mhm. And and it, and it's it's a startling death scene and it and it kind of kind of makes the movie. In a lot of ways, it was it just did not expect it. I thought for sure he was going to be the hero. And um, okay, this is this this is where you and I divert from each other. I didn't feel one single emotion when he died. I didn't care about him in the movie. I didn't care about his relationship with his daughters. I wasn't surprised that he was the one who died because they do enough quick shots of the kid after Ben Affleck kills everybody, they do enough quick shots of the kid for you to know like, okay, this kid is going to do something. He's got that look mm. in his eye. And after they, after they make it out of the house and nobody dies, like that's the moment where either you send the movie spinning forward or everybody has to survive until we kill the main guy. Like those are the only two options. Once they made it through the house, I was 100% certain Ben Affleck was going to die. Wow. I thought it would be a little more heroic than that, but I knew he was going down. Maybe it was the brutality of just He's just, that's it. Boom. Shot in the head. He's out. Yeah. Done. See <laughs> Another Another uh, piece of evidence for you saying that maybe these guys weren't the smartest is Benny runs up on Affleck as soon as Affleck gets shot and he tells him, he grabs him and he's like, come on, come on. But he has a gigantic hole in his head already. <laughs> yeah, and his eyes are open. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't think it's going to work out for you, Benny. I think he's gone. So what's your move at that point? Because I don't care... 
whether it's Ben Affleck, whether it's you, I don't care who it is in my life. I'm just leaving you in the mountains at that point. You're already dead. Where am I bringing you? You're dead. Yeah. I'm not carrying you. I'm not carrying you the rest of the way. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That that's two bags of cash I could be carrying. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, that's it. You're done. It's not like you're going to take it personally. You're dead already. You have a big bullet in your head. So that now I have yeah, to if we, carry you through the mountains. If you do the quick math, there was, they said we stole 6,000 pounds of money, which yeah. equals up to $250 million, which means every million dollars is about 24, 25 pounds. Yeah. So you're telling me I can either carry Ben Affleck's 180 pound body out of here. 180? He's like 250. Additional... He's 250 okay, in this two, movie. If, if he's 250, then that's $10 million yeah. I'm choosing to leave behind. Like, no, thank you. What are you doing? I like Ben Affleck. I loved him in Armageddon, but I'm going to take the $10 million every time. I, I just couldn't believe it. That That goes back to these guys were just dumbasses. And then they finally get to the beach. We're just trying to get to the beach. We're not sure why. And then we get to the beach right. and the guy's like, my guy's there in a boat. But the guy's been there for five days waiting for them. I'm pretty sure he's going to give up yeah. by like day three. It's, it's, he was you're in really, South America. Really yeah, you're in South America. It's a hundred degrees. And at some point you, you just kind of assume that these guys aren't showing up, right? Day five, day five, you're still holding out hope. This dude making whatever. Yeah, they, they, he, he, he waited a ridiculous amount of time. Shout out that guy. I mean, maybe, maybe what we're dealing with here. Bill, is maybe these guys just are more morally grounded than you and I are. I felt the same way when I watched Saving Private Ryan yeah. and they sent the team in to save the one guy and they all died. I was like, why does, was this decision made? I don't agree with it, but I think maybe you and I, maybe we're just cowards. That's not, that's all that <laughs> oh, it is. It's not Who maybe. Knows, it's not maybe. We're, we're, <laughs> we're greedy cowards. We would have left Ben Affleck and all that stuff. They definitely set up a sequel, which I'm... I'm I'm ready for. Um, oh, yeah. Triple Threat Quadruple two. Frontier. Okay, I'm sorry. Could, tri no, I'm triple triple Frontier 2. Quadruple Frontier. Quintuple yeah. Frontier. Sextuple Frontier. The 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 fourth one. Um, could keep I'm going. I'm really interested in Sextuple Frontier. So my guess would be the drug lord is going to get his revenge in the sequel. Yeah. Right? The other... When 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 uh, she tells him, oh, this wasn't just Larea's money that y'all took. That's what that's that's the, what the sequel is. Oscar Isaac goes back and gets the rest of the money. They split it up amongst the team. They show up. I don't know. But there were just so many ways, Bill. This movie should have been so so good. Like maybe you know the line when they're talking and she tells them the house is the safe. Yeah, remember that line? Yep. Okay. I, I it would have been really great if they're in there and it turns out like the house actually is a safe, not we're just hiding the money and the walls, but they're like, that's the security system. The team goes in there, they start to load up the money. Boom. We get all these bars and, and, and gates that shoot up around it and they're trapped inside. And now they're in this cage with all of these other guys showing up to try to kill them. Like we could have done that. Oh, that's I fun. think if you bring, if you introduce one guy in who can just push everything sideways, like a crazy guy, like a, if you put Ben Foster in this movie, Ben Foster is one of the all-time great crazy eye guys. Yeah, like three ten to Yuma, uh, Hell or High Water. Like you introduce him into the mix, and shit goes sideways. You, we needed that. It just went. It just went too smooth. Yeah, I agree. One of the five guys should have been uh, the the loose cannon dude. That there wasn't an mm -hmm. official crazy over the top loose cannon. I was trying to think on Tea Time on Friday on Channel Thirty Three. They were talking about 
who was bummed out that they weren't in this movie. And I, I think they, oh, yes. and it was a great, it was a great topic. Congrats to them. And they decided it was Chris Evans. But then they uh -huh. also mentioned how John Krasinski also was probably bummed out. And that was my number one choice was John Krasinski. I think, I think he was just probably had his hands up in the air. Like, really? Not a call? Yeah, for Nothing? sure. For sure. Okay. They, they should have taken him out of the 13 hours movie. He would have been great in this one. He would yeah. have been who we needed. Anybody else you would have thrown in? Ben Foster is my number one pick. That's a good one. I would, I would also like, I would, I want like a like a kind of slimy guy in there. All of these guys, when you're watching it, you didn't feel like anybody was going to turn on anybody. Yeah. So we need like some good Hollywood slime balls. Ben Foster is definitely my first. Pick. That's a that's um, a nice one. I like. I, it. Um, yeah. Who won the movie for you? Uh, Oscar Isaac, even though he screwed up the most amount of times in the most egregious ways, he's the yeah. reason Ben Affleck got killed. I I still love him. He's just got a great a great face. The scene when he's riding on the back of the truck, and yeah. we just get a shot of him scowling with his perfect jawline and his perfect stubble with a little bit of gray. You're like I, I'm in love. I'm in, I love you, Oscar <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> I gotta say. Uh... I don't have a lot of experience with Oscar Isaac and I was really impressed nope. by him in this movie. Yeah. A lot of the movies he's made just weren't, weren't really on my radar. I watched them. I didn't really care. This is the first time I really thoroughly was in on Oscar Isaac. I felt like he won the movie as well. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was trying to think like it would have been interesting if Damon played that part almost as a favor mm -hmm. to Affleck to try to make sure, you know, Affleck was going through some stuff the last couple of years to make sure, um, maybe just make sure he's spending some time with him, seeing if he's okay. And just as a favor films, this movie and he's in the Oscar Isaac part. I think he would have been good. I also think if they did the oceans 11, um, kind of gimmick for this and they just had five, a plus listers as the five guys, I don't know. That could have been fun too. You know, where it's just yeah. like, I guess it would be like, who would, who would it be? It would be Affleck, Damon, you know, um, Chris Evans. DiCaprio. Oh, DiCaprio. Oh, so you're shooting even higher. Yeah, yeah DiCaprio. Brad I Pitt. Top level. Brad, Brad Pitt. Just get all of the guys from Ocean's Eleven plus Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Make Andy Garcia the bad guy. And, and they're in good. South America. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, maybe that'll happen. They're robbing at some a point. casino in South America. <laughs> 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 well, I, I will say this. This kept my streak alive of liking every South American heist movie I've ever seen. So at least that's intact. Oh, I, absolutely. It had some flaws, but for the, and it was probably, I would say 15 minutes too long. And I still don't understand why I'm with you. I don't understand why there wasn't a bad guy, but for the most part, an enjoyable time. Do we, did this put Ben Affleck in a better or worse place career wise, or is he the same? Oh, this is better. This was this was a win for everybody involved in this movie, even though it was not that great. This is a solid, this is a, a C plus movie. This was like somewhere, this was Sicario 2. That's what yeah. this movie was. We 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 needed we needed the first Sicario. So we, I think it was you know, at add a couple points for everybody involved. And were you excited to have Pedro Pascal in here? So we didn't have five Absolutely. white guys. Although Absolutely. I mean Oscar Oscar Isaacs, Guatemalan. Yeah, Pedro true. Pascal, like we get, they were they were speaking Spanish in it, and my my heart was just growing inside my chest. It was beautiful. Tough, 
Tough loss for your dude, though. Your dude could have been in this. Your guy. Michael Pena? <laughs> your yes. guy. He's your he guy. I don't been. even have to say his name anymore. He's just your guy. You don't have to say his name. Everybody knows. It's Michael Pena. I, Michael Pena, if you're listening, please know that you should be in every single movie all of the time. You are a perfect actor. Uh, all right. Shay Serrano, as always, a pleasure. When's Villains coming back? Is Villains coming back? Villains uh, is coming back. As, as, as soon as you tell me that I can do it, I'm doing it. I thought Villains was coming back. I thought I said it was, okay. we were doing it. Well, yeah. then we're doing it tomorrow. New episode tomorrow. Oh, and, and people can pre-order your book. Yeah, we do. We have a movie book coming out October, but pre-order it right now. Thank you. Can you give the title? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you figure this is my third book. I would be better at this. Yes, yeah. The title is called M Movies and Other Things. It is all about Oscar Isaac and Michael Pena in, <laughs> in every movie. <laughs> all right. Shea Serrato, as always, a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thanks to Jacoby. Thanks to Shay. Thanks to Clark. Thanks to SoFi. Did you know you're being underpaid by your bank account? That's why SoFi just launched SoFi Money. It's like checking and savings morphed into one single account. You'll earn way more interest on your money. You'll pay zero fees. Open a SoFi money account and learn how you can get your money right at SoFi.com slash Simmons, S-O-F-I.com slash Simmons. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget about ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Don't forget about One Shining Podcast, getting ready for March Madness. Don't forget about the rewatchables, The Natural. If you ever wanted to hear a, a frank discussion about Roy Hobbs' sex life, the rewatchables for The Natural is, is really where you should be going. Um, and all the other great stuff on the Ringer Podcast Network and the world's greatest site, theringer.com. Uh, back a little bit later this week with one more, including an A-plus list actor will be on later this week, Kyle. I know. Even my kids were like, whoa, really? Uh, so there you go. Until then. <laughs>